welcome to Stays Crunchy and Milk. If you have questions or comments, we have multiple ways we can be reached. Twitter is, of course, the best way for those who need instant gratification. And the show's Twitter feed is at SkimPod, S-K-I-M-P-O-D. Stays Crunchy. For the more patient amongst you, the email address for the show is podcast at StaysCrunchyandMilk.com. Crunchy again being spelled with a K. Crunchy. Hey, feel free to give us a call at 216-264-6311. That's 216-264-6311. We're available by Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, anywhere. Fine podcasts are available. And of course, at the website, stayscrunchyandmilk.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share wherever possible, including on YouTube, where we can now be found at Stays Crunchy, and over on Twitch, where we're still Stays Crunchy in Milk. Our personal Twitters are Tatum216, Lunchbox2099, The Real ODP, and I'm your host, the Internet's Tayrail713. Stays Crunchy, Stays Crunchy, Stays Crunchy, Stays Crunchy, Stays Crunchy, Stays Crunchy. There's a million MCs, they claim they want some, but see, I create sounds that make their ears go numb. Peace to say, Zav, yeah, you know how we go. My best friend Steven at the Home Depot. Laurel 10 is in the house, I can't forget Southside. Walk past MCs like that girl did the far side. I'm labeled as the cast meow, the MC with the know-how. Act like you know. Not now, but right now. Beast of the East on MCs that have a feast. I eat that ash like quiche, crack a smile like Shanice. Straight out Jamaica scene, Jamaica Queens, but you can find me out in Georgia or anywhere in between. If my partners don't look good, Malik won't look good. If Malik don't look good, the Quest won't look good. If the Quest don't look good, the Queens don't look good. Since our styles is universal, New York won't look good. Picture Fife losing the battle. Come on, get off it. Put down the microphone, son. Surrender forfeit. Did I hear something about a crew? What they want to do? You better call Mr. Babyface so he bring out the cooling you. Or it'll be a sad love song being sung by Tony Braxton. And I'll dissect you like a fraction. Or you want to be top cat MCs, I'll pop you like a zit. You want to be the champion more like cheap some shit. Big up myself and every time it comes to this. MCs be running scared as if they watching The Exorcist. I kick more game than a crackhead from Hempstead. My styles is milk. Man, you think that I was breastfed. You know the stealer when the diggy dog gets on the scene. I dedicate this to all the MCs out of Queens. That goes for Onyx LL, Run DMC, Akinelli, Nasty Nas, and the Extra P. You need a chart straight up and down, man. There ain't no other. Enough respect to all the peeps that made my album cover. Yo, tip, don't worry none. You know I get the party jumping. Get on the microphone and break them off a little something. Yo, tip, you, yo, tip don't worry none. You know I get the party jumping. Get on the microphone and break them off a little something. Bruh. Damn, that. The whole B side of Midnight Marauders, because I used to listen to Midnight Marauders on the tape. Is one of the greatest sequence fucking sides in all of hip hop. End to end, it is amazing. It starts with electric relaxation and just keep going the rest of the way. Yeah, it's we, so uh, it's so good. Luckily, like um, we we had um, a, a CD body in. Yeah. But my uncle Chris uh, was a was a hip hop was a real real hip hop head. When he went to um, Pennsylvania um, School of Arts, um, he used to like drive up to New York and or and they used to be able to pick up the New York um, radio station, and he used to bring us back mixtapes from from Red Alert. Nice. Um, and you know he he we had a Midnight Marauders poster on our wall. And like um, it was before Midnight Marauders came out, and we was just—I used to be able to name every single rapper on that thing. That's dope. I, shit, I can't do that to this day. <laughs> I can get. I mean, I, I, get I, you I can't do it now. <laughs> I can't do it now. But like, um, yeah, 
And the other, um, I, I, I will get off of because this ain't um, a podcast, but um, I remember one tape I could listen to back and forth was Biz Marquis' I Need a Haircut. Nice. There's like no singles on that album at all. I don't. I mean, the most recognizable song is um, the toilet song, sitting on the toilet, waiting for my bowels to move. I got a doo-doo <laughs> rap. I got. But other than that, that that was a like um, such a great um, album and a concept album that like he wouldn't come out. He wouldn't get a haircut until the um, he um, did another album. So that's dope. Man, anyway, hey, anyway, well, that's uh, you know. Hello, and welcome to it. Stage Crunchy Milk, episode 415. Big up San Francisco and portions of Marin County. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe by my best friend, it's Tatum 216. Hello. And Lunchbox 2099. Howdy ho, neighbor, you know? Oakley Dokey, already Shokley. <laughs> I was watching. It had to have been that Simpsons IG account, and they put the one where Simpson, uh, Sam, uh, Samson, Simpson, Lord knows, where Flanders was mixing Captain drinks. Simpson, let's stick by the story. <laughs> <laughs> was, was, was mixing drinks for Homer and Marge's party, and, and Homer got lit, because if nothing else, uh, Flanders know how to mix a drink, so I'm like, I fuck with that. As, 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 as churchy as he is, he, he know what he's doing on, on behind, the, uh, behind the bar, I guess. But uh, what's good, people? Uh, that was uh, uh, if you want to know that is that was Five Dogs verse verse one from a Tribe Called Quest. God lives through off of Midnight Marauders, the best Tribe Called Quest album. Let no one tell you different. Everybody always everybody will always argue with a uh, low, low end, end theory. theory, and I simply I simply disagree. <laughs> so, but I like, low, I like a low end theory. Oh, but there, low end theory is no, amazing. Uh, low end theory is a great there, album, but still, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's going on there? Uh, damn, uh, scenario and fucking butter and so forth and so on. It's a, it's a, it's a brilliant album. It really is. But Midnight Marauders, I remember listening to Midnight Marauders in Turtles in the mall, in, in the mall, kind of near my school, my high school in Georgia. I would go and listen to it because they, they had the CD listening station. Yeah. And I would listen to shit like, I would regularly go to that music store to listen to that CD because they had while they had it on on the on the on the deck because I was like, it's my shit. I love it. I love hearing it. So. I think that's um, something our kids are going to miss out on is like being able to play Nintendo at, at Walmart or Target while your mother is shopping or listening to an album you want to listen to before you buy it. Yeah. Uh, what was this? What was this, the what was the store? Woolworths. That is now the House of Blues in downtown Cleveland. I yeah. used to play the I used to play the Game Boy on the on the on the, in the basement floor of that spot. Uh, that's where. It was weird because that building, like, you could get to the, you could go to the basement from East Fourth, but you would be on the first floor if you came on in on Euclid. Yeah. And it was like it was a weirdly designed store. And I used to remember playing playing Game Boy downstairs at that spot. And they had it where it's like it was a Game Boy connected, but it was connected to a TV. So you could, the yeah. Game Boy is down here, but you could look at it on a big old TV in front of you. So it was a very cool uh, uh, display. I wonder if they sell that somewhere. That is something I should truly. Look into, because they because yeah, I'm always seeing always see those uh GameCube displays come up on uh you know for sale in spots, but I wonder if the old school Game Boy uh Game Boy display sample display I don't know whatever the hell that shit's called. I would love to have that thing because like I said he played the Game Boy on a TV you know. <laughs> yeah. So 
but all is well, my people. Um, we are recording early, so we actually just uh, hung out and spoke just a few days ago. So it uh, it kind of throws me off. But this is indeed a uh, a uh, remote record, which means I pull out some news stories and we talk some shit, and then we do some amateur asshole, and then we leave in that order. So got a few stories for you. And I'm like, what order should I do these stories? I think I'm going to start with this one because I thought it was interesting. And now I got to get it out of my way and close it because they're trying to like make me uh, go away. I'm not trying to subscribe to your newspaper. I'm just going to read from your newspaper. <laughs> this is from the good people it's seen. Uh, posted by Sam Allard. RTA to deploy civilian ambassadors instead of armed cops to mm. enforce to enforce fair payment, comma, finally. In 2017, Cleveland Municipal Court Judge Emanuela Grooves ruled that the Greater Cleveland Regional Transportation Authority's proof of payment fair enforcement method was unconstitutional. Fares were at that time enforced on the Health Line and Red Line rapid trains by armed RTA cops. The court rejects RTA's policy of utilizing its law enforcement officers to perform fair enforcement functions requiring officers to stop passengers without reasonable articulable suspicion. The Groves, the Groves report read, this was a violation of a past as a pastor's fourth amendment rights. I, I'm going to finish the story and we're going to get into this. <laughs> Groves noted in her decision, however, that if RTA were to use unarmed civilians to enforce fares instead of police officers decorating in the decorated in the color of the law, the constitutional breach would no longer exist. RTA has nevertheless failed to implement a civilian fare ambassador program. Since late 2017, the health line has reverted to a system in which pastors purchase fare cards or show their mobile tickets to a driver's at the front of the bus, resulting in significant delays and bunchings on Euclid Avenue. The health line's all-door boarding system has been a major contribution to its operational efficiency. But according to, according to a presentation by RTA's new police chief, Deidre Jones, at Tuesday's board meeting, committee meeting, forgive me, board committee meeting, <clears throat> a six-month pilot program will employ unarmed ambassadors to inspect fares and assist passengers with navigating the transit system in 2022. The ambassadors will be full-time employees working first and second shifts seven days a week and will be a regular presence on buses, trains, and at transit stops. They are meant to deter fare evasion and to provide eyes throughout the transit system to assist with customer service and needs and to relay information to RTA police as necessary. Additionally, RTA will employ community outreach, crisis intervention specialists that are designed to be, these are designed to be trained social workers who can perform mental Ooh. health, homelessness, crisis and substance abuse outreach and diffuse crises while also directing passengers in need, of, of need to resources. Unlike the transit ambassadors who will be paid from RTA police budget, the community outreach specialists will be paid from grant funding, though those grants have not yet been secured. The pilot program was met with excitement by the grassroots transit advocacy organization of Cleveland for public transit. They have been calling for transit ambassador program ever since the Groves decision. It has been one of their marquee policy recommendations in the 2018 fair fares report and appeared again in their 2021 report, calling on the next Cleveland mayor to end the transit death spiral. Mm. So I used to ride the train to work. It's part of my brother, uh, you know, getting to and fro. And it always bothered the shit on me that I would get out 
in in downtown Cleveland, and I would see just off to the side, cops having somebody in handcuffs over essentially a dollar fifty. I don't. I, I it, it made no sense to me. I'm like, it. it I, I know that it costs more to have a bunch of police officers on duty trying to prevent this fair aversion than it costs that dollar fifty or whatever it was to ride the train at that point in time. And in fact, I believe that, that it was a $75 ticket for not paying your fare. If they couldn't pay the damn dollar fifty, dollar seventy five, they definitely ain't gonna be able to pay that $75. And then they end up, you know, catching a fucking warrant and, you know, probably going to jail or never, you know, or uh, trying to evade a, 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 a sentence and so forth. And it bothered me uh, on, a, on another level because I knew that L.A. Uh, doesn't police their uh, their train system. Now, I know in L.A. most people just drive. That is just what it is in L.A. A lot of people are not riding train. But they don't police their, their they didn't at the time police their transit system. So, you know, second biggest seat in this country was like, fucking pay that shit, don't pay that shit. Just uh, be cool, <laughs> man. Yeah. And I know our transit system could do the same. And it was it's, it's always been kind of fucked up to me that we just was like, nah, we gonna police motherfuckers to death again. And this always, this in my mind reflects back to when, when people say defund the police, what they mean. We're not saying fuck the police all together in most situations. We're saying, how about we try other means where other means would work better than law enforcement? In this case, this is one of those. You know what I'm saying? It works easier to ask somebody be like, Hey, bro, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't even got it today, man. It's all right. Well, cool. I can We can make this work. You know what I'm saying? I can get you where you need to be. Rather than I'm going to arrest you and make, make you catch a charge off of this, off of, a fair evasion. Like I said, that's, that's a horseshit charge to begin with. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I'll pay my fare. Why can't they pay theirs? Well, not everybody is in a position to pay their fare. And it's okay to be a little okay with that. You know what I'm saying? I, I just... It's, 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 that's 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 what uh, many people, not all. I know some people say defund the police and they mean fuck them, but a lot of us just mean maybe uh, other types of intervention can be used instead of just you know always calling on armed fucking uh, you know troops Officers. to fucking come run up on somebody. So I always kind of felt like they um, the RTA police was more of a menacing presence than um, like I never felt like they were helpful like the way they used to stand around like in front of tower city with um you know police uniforms and a fucking bulletproof vest on like standing in front of tower city waiting for somebody to do some shit this seemed menacing to me yeah and it's, um, and, it's, and it's what they were for and it's like it's like i mean not the shit on them it's like bro just go be a regular cop why are you a transit cop of all the cops yeah, like, you know, it just seemed like, um, you know, as if like they they were just waiting for shit to happen, so they can so so they can overreact. Yeah, I mean, bad stuff happened. I, there, it, for me to say bad stuff never happened on the buses and trains and stuff, that's not true. Bad stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, people, uh, some people are assholes. Some people are bad, but. The way the way they had it set up, I, I just um, it just never sat right with me. I, I caught the rapid a lot for uh, for years um, to downtown Cleveland, um, and 
I, when I moved from Cleveland, I, I, unfortunately, I had to, you know, find other ways to get to work. So. Yeah, and I guess uh, I was I, I was hemming and hawing about reading this story, but I guess we're talking about cops. We might as well go ahead and talk about these cops from Minnesota. Body cam video shows Minneapolis cops hunting protesters with rubber bullets. It's Patrick Raleigh over the New York Post. Newly released video shows Minneapolis police officers cheering and fist bumping while out hunting for protesters and firing rubber bullets at them during last year's civil unrest. The video shows officers celebrating and fist bumping each other while using non-lethal force while enforcing an 8 p.m. curfew that had been put in place in response to the murder of George Floyd by former Minneapolis police uh, detective, no, Minneapolis Police Department officer Derek Chauvin just five days prior. In one of the new videos released this week, posted by the Minneapolis reformer, a protester yells, we're unarmed, this is America, we can say what we want. Go home, an officer yelled back from a distance before then beginning, they began firing non-lethal rounds at the individual. Tonight, it was just nice to hear we're going to find some more people instead of chasing people around. We're going to hunt, an MPD officer says to another in a video. You guys are out hunting people. It's just a nice change of tempo, the officer continues. Fuck these people, he said. In another video clip, an officer says, I would love to scatter the protesters, but it's time to fuck. It's time to fucking put 100 people in jail and just prove the mayor wrong about white supremacists from from out of state. Referencing Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey's claim at the time. The same officer concludes that the group of protesters is probably predominantly white because there's no looting and fire. Hmm. The footage was released by courts as a part of a criminal case against Jaleel Stallings, a St. Paul man accused of trying to kill officers during the protest after he fired a real bullet back at officers when he was hit with a rubber bullet. Stallings, 29 of St. Paul, argued he acted in self-defense saying he fired three shots from a handgun at an unmarked white van after being struck by rubber bullets, believing he was under attack by civilians. He surrendered after realizing he was firing at police. While no officers were injured, court documents show Stalling has been facing two counts of second-degree attempted murder, multiple counts of assault, and other charges. And then, of course, there's a link right here that says Stalling was acquitted of all charges in September. So let's jump over to that story. George Floyd protester who fired at Minneapolis cops acquitted. A man charged with attempted murder after firing on a Minneapolis cop during a George Floyd protest in May 2020 has been acquitted on all counts. Attorneys of Jaleel Stallings, 29 of St. Paul, argued he acted in self-defense because he fired three shots from a handgun at an unmarked white van after being struck by rubber bullets, believing he was under attack by civilians, the AP reports. He surrendered after realizing he was firing at police while no officers entered court documents show. Uh, Have you seen that video? Yes, I did see that video. They beat the shit out of that man. If like, I was, I'm looking at his uh, mugshot right now, and actually, I guess I can just open link in a new open image in a new tab and put it in the chat. They beat the shit out of this man, and uh, I'm just I'm 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 glad the justice system was like, nah, bruv. Uh, this is this is not the truth, and indeed, how they how they found that he was not guilty was they was driving around in an unmarked white van and did not identify themselves as a police officer. They was just riding around shooting at people, so he shot back, and uh, therefore uh, he was found not guilty in all counts. And I'm grateful for for that for him. So it's just uh, the, the, right now the defunding of, of of the Minneapolis Police Department is on the ballot. 
They're going to be voting on that uh, here in November. And I doubt it'll pass because I'm sure there are commercials running right now that says, don't you want your house to be safe or something like that and, <laughs> and so forth and so on. Not realizing that mm, your house is never safe and they'll never get your stuff back since it's charged to the game. So, Yeah, like um, I was talking to my, my neighbor the other day and she was saying how um, somebody came up to her house and was like shaking the door handle and this is like 2 o'clock like 2 o'clock in the afternoon and then um, she said the police followed like she called the police and then they uh, followed the person up Richmond and, and questioned him but then it's like he didn't steal anything so they legally they couldn't do anything yeah it's trespassing, but it's like I, I feel like to catch my on a trespassing charge. I know this because, like I said, that dude who kept like kept trying to break into my car after having successfully broken into my car, they was like, "Oh, we can't do nothing about it, man. We can we, we can probably get him for trespassing, but it's the you know it's the pandemic, and ain't nobody gonna try to you know bring forth no pan, no charges like that because it's not gonna be something we can stick and put him in jail for because it's a pandemic. So it's just yeah, bro. It's we have a system that. Uh, it's ineffective, ineffectual, I guess is how I better word that. And so uh, there, there has to be work to it. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Hopefully just this little change in the RTA will, will help a great deal. Now, those people work for the police officers, so in their mind, they probably don't think they cops. We'll see how they behave. But Yeah, I don't, um, I'm not going to, hopefully, I, I hope it works. But at the same time, you know, you know, you just telling people to 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 pretty much enforce it, uh, enforcing it. Um, it can be can can be seen as another form of aggression. Correct. So um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. All right, this one is a as an interesting one. Excuse me. We'll see where it goes. Uh this is from Cleveland.com. This is Laura Hancock over at Cleveland.com. House bill would let adults, adult Ohioans grow, buy, and possess recreational marijuana. Columbus, Ohio, a coalition of Ohio medical marijuana business, businesses gathers signatures to get a recreational initiative on the ballot. Two Republican state lawmakers announced Tuesday that they're working on a bill that would allow Ohioans age 21 and older to buy and grow cannabis legally. Excuse me. Representatives Jamie Callender of Lake County and Ron Ferguson of Jefferson County said they're putting the finishing touches on a bill that Callender started working on about a year ago before the proposal of the medical marijuana business group called the Coalition Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol announced its efforts. I like I think the time is right and it's the and it's the right thing to do, Callender said. On a personal level, I'm a bit of a libertarian, like alcohol or cigarettes or tobacco or caffeine or the worst of out there as far as human health, sugar. We trust our Ohioans to make good decisions about those things. And I don't see cannabis as something that should be treated differently. The bill would expand on the state's current medical marijuana law, he said. Our medical program is very secure, very regulated. He said the folks who have gotten into the industry so far in Ohio have been models of running a tight ship. Under the soon-to-be-introduced bill, adults could possess up to five ounces of marijuana legally. Medical marijuana facilities would be allowed to expand into the recreational market without having to apply for new for new for new their licenses. I'm going to go with renew their licenses, but okay. The bill would create a process of adding a new business into the state-regulated system. 
The Ohio Department of Congress would regulate recreational sales, he said. Currently, Commerce, the Ohio Board of Pharmacy, and the State Medical Board of Ohio regulate the state's medicinal program. The bill would impose a 10% sales tax on recreational marijuana, with half of the revenue going to General Revenue Fund, which pays for general state government operations, 25% going to local law enforcement to purchase testing equipment to identify people driving under the influence of marijuana, and 25% going to mental health programs. With the current medicinal program, cannabis companies pay licensing fees to the state to cover the cost of regulation, which all but guarantees patients bear the brunt of the cost. However, consumers don't pay any special taxes outside of sales taxes. This bill would create a process for people to expunge prior marijuana convictions. Businesses would be able to continue to have zero tolerance policies under the bill. Calendar and Ferguson proposal, the first GOP sponsored measure of the legislative session, would also allow Ohioans to grow six plants with only two blooming at a time. But Calendar said he's open to changing that when talking to potential co-sponsors. They want, if they want a different number, they want a different number, okay? Home cultivators will be allowed to share their harvest with immediate family members who are 21 and older. <laughs> That's hilarious. Repu- Republicans have a supermajority in the General Assembly, which means if any bill were to pass, it would likely be Calendars and Ferguson's. Democratic reps Casey Weinstein of Hudson and Terrence Upchurch of Cleveland are also sponsoring a bill that would allow recreational marijuana sales and cultivation introduced August 2nd. It hasn't had a committee hearing yet. Nevertheless, it doesn't mean the Republican bill is a shoe-in. He said the House Speaker Bob Cup, Senate President Matt Huffman, and Governor Mike DeWine aren't enamored with the ideal of recreational marijuana. So we have an uphill battle to try to convince both of them and the governor that this is, res- is the responsible approach, he said. This is something that is coming. It's happening in surrounding states. And you know the alternative to not acting is that it will either come through a ballot initiative or will simply come through counties or municipalities choosing not to enforce marijuana laws. Calendar said his goal is to have the bill introduced by Thanksgiving. To attract additional co-sponsors, he said he's willing to change numerous parts of the bill so that lawmakers can feel comfortable with it. Businesses in the coalition to regulate marijuana like alcohol hasn't seen details of the Republican proposal, but Cleveland attorney Tom Heron, who was involved in the proposal, said the bill affirms that recreational park marijuana is not a partisan issue. Now we will have a bill introduced by two Democratic legislators and a bill introduced by Republicans, he said. This is an issue that crosses political lines. I think it speaks to the urgency to make this policy change given what's happening in Washington, D.C., and the likelihood of a federal shift that could upend marijuana policy in Ohio. As part of the process to get an initiative on the ballot, the legislator can first look at the coalition's proposal and decide whether to draft and pass a bill based on it. Heron said the coalition would accept if the legislation passed its proposal. In the meantime, the coalition continues to collect 132,887 signatures of registered Ohio voters from at least 44 of Ohio's 88 counties to get the November tw- get on the November 2022 ballot. Heron said the coalition is on schedule and expects to finish collecting signatures late later this year or early in 2022. Now, here's the jig on this one. They do not want weed on the ballot in 2022. 2022 is midterm elections. You got weed on the ballot. That means more people who are more left-leaning will come out to vote and thusly uh, maybe could swing uh, an election in favor of uh, the more left-leaning candidates. Yeah, but at the same they time... Start, they, like, start, they started fighting this shit almost immediately when they, when, uh, when they started uh, 
talking about putting this on the ballot. Like they started saying, oh, what about this? And now, and I can say, I, I know why. But you are also, also like the federal government just, uh, at least in the House, introduced uh, a bill to, to legalize too. So it's coming. Yeah, but also the fact that they were saying Lake County, which is, I would probably consider a red county. The methiest of counties. <laughs> yeah, but but methy and also um, in between um, city and rural. So yeah. they're, they're probably going for that there because you can, you'll be able to grow a large amount when you have the, the land to grow it on. Well, no, you can only at this point grow six plants. So, and only two of them can be flowering. I have no idea how to grow weed or make flowers happen. So, <laughs> nigga, I just go to the store up the street from my house and I, you know, take care of business. Well, should be well, much well, easier than, you know, driving up to Michigan or driving uh, over to, uh, I guess, New York has legal weed now. So, to me, this feels like how, like, all the states around us had legalized gambling before we did. And everyone from Ohio would just do like little bus trips to the other states to go gamble, and we because we couldn't do it here. We and it's the same thing now. People from Ohio drive to Michigan to go buy weed, and they come back. Like you're losing out on your own sales by being stubborn. Yep, exactly. So might as well just go ahead and All get right. it while you can. Lunch, you should start sponsoring um, uh, weed trips to Michigan. Also, that ten percent. Mm-hmm. That ten percent. What I've learned is when you buy stuff in Michigan, you're buying it with the understanding that you're going to consume it in Michigan. So I don't think a bus tour would work. Yeah, no. But at the same time, I don't know how many years I've been buying fireworks saying, uh, oh, yeah, I'm not going to use these fireworks here in Ohio. I know. I know. But are you doing bus tours to go buy fireworks? I'm saying, like, if the whole point of the bus don't try to blow up my business lunch, go, go buy weed and then immediately bring it back over the border, like... What is the the assumption? Everyone's gonna go buy one piece, consume it, and then hop back on the bus. I mean, I'm sure you can figure out uh, figure out a uh, figure out a way around it. How funny! I I, I uh, that ten percent is an interesting uh, price. I put, I could have swore the the tax rate in Colorado something like twenty five percent. Colorado weed tax rate. Let's see. Fifteen percent, forgive me. Okay. Uh, so that ten percent is actually kind of reasonable, and uh, I kind of fuck with that. <laughs> so. And then on, on top of that, then at first, um, Colorado <clears throat> made uh, so much money when weed first got legal there that they they cut the whole state checks. Yeah, it, it ended. Up, it ended up being uh, they had to send money back to people because they basically had paid off everything. <laughs> And they're like, all right, we kind of don't need your taxes at this point. We pay for everything. So that's kind of hype. They do the same thing in uh, Alaska with oil. I don't know if they still do it because I don't know how Alaska oil does. But that's one of the parts of living in Alaska is like, hey, man, it paid for itself. You have a couple of dollars. So I fuck with it, man. If, if nothing else, uh, it'll make my man's uh, weed stocks more valuable. What you got better than that? Yeah. What part <laughs> of the game is that? And it's cool to have rich friends. So if my man get wealthy. And I know him, and I knew him before he was wealthy. I'm kind of in, right? <laughs> so that's what's going on now. My shares would have to get very high 
to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to, sorry. To it just worked. It wrote itself. Yeah, it wrote itself. To make, to make me rich. <laughs> Let me dream for you, man. Damn it. <laughs> well, uh, I only have a thousand shares of the one company, so you know that's what I'm saying. It have to be pretty substantial growth right now. We'll see where it goes, man. We just we hope beyond hope. Uh, I really, plus, if, if I wanted that shit to hit, I would need federal legalization to happen. Yeah. If federal legalization happens, I bet that stock at least doubles. Doubles and maybe splits and you be talking that dough. You know what I'm saying? We out here. Uh, from the good people over the New York Times, this is a long one, so I doubt I'm going to read the whole thing, but we'll, we'll, we'll walk through it. Raiders coach resigns after homophobic and misogynistic emails. What I like, what I what I dislike that they leave out of there, and maybe just put in quotes and somewhere in around it, and racist too. <laughs> in emails detailed by the New York Times, Raiders coach John Gruden casually used misogynistic and homophobic language to dis- to disparage people. Look at your tits on her. This is Ken Belson and Catherine Roseman over at the New York Times. John Gruden stepped down Monday as the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders football team. Hours after the New York Times detailed emails in which he made homophobic and misogynistic remarks following an early report of racist statements. Okay, here we go. There we go. As long as, we got, as long as you got that racism in there somewhere about a union leader. His res- resignation was a striking departure from the football league for a coach who had won a Super Bowl, been a marquee analyst on ESPN, and returned to the NFL in 2018 to lead the re- resurgent Raiders, which he had coached years before I resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, he said on Twitter in a statement issued by the team. I love the Raiders and do not want to be a distraction. Thank you to all the players, coaches, staff, and fans of Raider Nations. I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt anyone. It's a real milk toast apology there, Coach Gruden. Or Citizen Gruden. <laughs> Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, said in a statement that he had accepted a resignation. Rich Bisaccia, the Raiders' special teams coordinator, was elevated to interim head coach. The team said Gruden's departure came after a New York Times report that NFL officials, as part of a separate workplace misconduct investigation that did not directly involve him, found that Gruden had casually and frequently unleashed misogynistic and homophobic language over several years to denigrate people around the game and to mock some of the league's momentous changes. He denounced the emergence of women as referees the drafting of a, of a gay player, and the tolerance of players protesting during the playing of the national anthem, according to emails received by the Times. Gruden's messages were sent to Bruce Allen, the former president of the Washington football team, and others while he was working for ESPN as a color analyst during Monday Night Football. In the emails, Gruden called the league's commissioner, Roger Goodell, a F-word and a clueless anti-football pussy and said that Goodell should not have pressured Jeff Fisher, then the coach of the Rams, to draft queers, a reference to Michael Sam, a gay player chosen by the team in 2014. They wrote that F word out. I'm just not reading it. It's, it's, a dramatic, it's real fucked up to see that word in print. Don't fuck with it. In numerous emails during a seven-year period ending in, in early 2018, Gruden criticized Goodell and the league for trying to reduce concussions and said that Eric Reed a player who had demonstrated during the playing of the national anthem should be fired. In several instances, Gruden used homo- a homophobic flir- slur to refer to Goodell in offensive language to describe some NFL owners, coaches, and journalists who were covering the league. Gruden, 
Allen, the NFL, and the Raiders did not respond to requests for comment. Although not with the, a team at the time, Gruden was influential in the league and, a, and, a highly, and highly coveted as a coach. He had won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay Buccaneers following the 2002 season. And in 2018, he was hired for his second stint as the head coach of the Raiders franchise, which included defensive lineman Carl Nassib, the, the first active NFL player to publicly declare that he is gay. The league said last week that it shared emails with the Raiders in which Gruden made derogatory comments. Gruden told ESPN on Sunday that, he, that the league was reviewing emails in which he criticized Goodell and explained that he had been upset about team owners' lockout of the players in 2011. When some of the emails were written, Gruden said in that interview that he had used an expletive to refer to Goodell and that he did so because he disapproved, disapproved of Goodell's emphasis on safety, which he believed was scaring parents into steering their sons away from football. There's a lot more to this article. That's in the New York Times. I would tell you to go, uh, go get down and read on that. I think you summed <laughs> it up well. I find it, uh, and we and we had town and chatted about it earlier. I find it wildly hilarious that 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 one email when it was racist. They only said it was one. They was like, "Oh man, but that was like forever ago. We okay, bruh. But then there's like, "Oh no, no, but, but wait, there's more." And he was talking wild reckless about the commissioner. They was like, get this motherfucker about the paint immediately, if not sooner. And indeed, he uh, got up his ass about the paint. <laughs> and uh, one must, uh, I don't know, one must chuckle at, at, at the bullshit, I guess. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Well, this so, whole thing came about from the league's investigation into the Washington football team's conduct. Mm-hmm. And um, a little bit ago, defendants from that case... And their lawyers released a statement demanding that the league release all the emails that includes everyone else from the, the Washington organization, not just the shit that Gruden was saying that was bad mouthing the league, but yeah. all the shit that it started this to begin with. Yep. Also, the NFL Players Association has also asked that all the emails be released. So it is a reckoning coming, and it has been needed. And uh, 75,000 emails, that's just between that one organization. That is between that the, 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 is being looked at for the, 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 the Washington football team. And they're, if you know, you know, they have been terrible, just terrible. Sexual harassment, racism, amongst other things, and so forth and so on. So that, that squad, yeah, we'll see the results of this. Because, yeah, they fucking up. <laughs> so... So should I be um, calling a handicapper and uh, placing a bet on um, some of these teams that's losing coaches and stuff? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm wondering. Like, say, uh, this is what this this Gruden shit takes the fucking spotlight off of uh, Urban Meyer for right now, because that motherfucker was gonna be out of a job by Sunday before Sunday too if shit was going how it was going. They don't fuck with him no more in Florida. <laughs> so <laughs> my man's time is uh is quite short. So I want be, be be ready for that 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 uh, resignation or uh, and or firing sooner than or than you only later. play grab ass. You'll be all right. <laughs> nah, he's gonna it's, pull the pull the shit he usually does, where he's gonna develop some sort of mysterious health ailment. Oh my gonna, heart! Yeah, <laughs> my heart. I gotta retire and go back into broadcasting. Yeah. And then six months from now, some job's gonna open up, and all of a sudden it's gonna be like, oh, I think I got more in me. I can give it one more go. I talked to my, my my physicians and the Lord because it's always yeah. the Lord, and oh, uh, they, man. They, 
people were giving his wife shit on Twitter the other day for like sticking by him even though it's like he clearly fucking around on her and she's like we're all sinners in the eyes of the lord and yada 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 and people were roasting her and then someone was just like i can't believe it was god's will to put that woman's ass in urban meyer's hand <laughs> i mean the look, lord bro. works in mysterious ways there you go there you go and, and like i said we don't know the rules at the at the meyer house shit might be real cool so <laughs> I'm sure she got a pool boy. Yeah. Well, yeah. all the shit she was uh, getting was enough to get her ass off Twitter. I mean, that's that's, that's daily. Motherfuckers always get off Twitter once they once oh, they yeah. start catching. I'm sure it. she'll be back on once the, the smoke clears. Yeah. Because she didn't deactivate. She's just like, I'm not logging back in. Yeah. They all say that. They all say that. Uh, this is uh, our last uh, last the last story I pulled. I mean, if anything else pop up, hey, who knows. Uh, Nets give Kyrie Irving a public ultimatum. Get vaccinated or stay home. This is Ben Golliver and Cindy Bourne. This is over at the Washington Post. After weeks of uncertainty over Kyrie Irving's eligibility for the upcoming NBA season, the Brooklyn Nets delivered a public ultimatum to their all-star guard Tuesday. But get vaccinated or stay home. While the NBA does not have a vaccine mandate for players, certain cities, including New York and San Francisco, have enacted rules that require vaccination for members of home teams in those markets. If Irving remains unvaccinated, he would be ineligible for Brooklyn's 41 home games at the Barclays Center and its two road games against the Knicks at MSG. Following extensive internal discussion and multiple conversations with Irving, Irving, forgive me, Nets owner Joe Tsai and and general manager Sean Marks opted against allowing the seven-time All-Star to suit up for road games in cities without vaccine mandates even though he would be eligible for those games by league rules. Brooklyn is set to open the regular season in Milwaukee against the Bucks on October 19th. Given the evolving nature of the situation, and after thorough deliberation, we've decided Kyrie Irving will not play or practice with the team until he's eligible to be a full participant, Mark said in a statement. Kyrie has made a personal choice, and we respect his individual right to choose. Currently, the choice restricts his ability to be a full-time member of the team, we will not permit any member of our team to participate with part-time availability. It is imperative that we continue to build chemistry as a team and remain true to our long-established values of togetherness and sacrifice. Marks, who spoke Tuesday at a news conference, added that the decision was made with an eye toward Brooklyn's championship aspirations, saying that each member of our organization must pull in the same direction to win the franchise's first NBA title and that sitting Irving until he's vaccinated was best for the organization. Kevin Durant, James Harden, and company entered the preseason as the Eastern Conference's favorite, Eastern Conference favorites, and Durant said Friday that it was always tough when a starter like Irving comes in and out of the lineup over the course of a season, and that the Nets want Irving here for the whole thing. The NBA announced last month that unvaccinated players will be fined if they are unable to play in games because of vaccine mandates, which will cost Irving roughly $380,000 per game or more than $16 million of his $34.9 million annual salary. The NBA PA Executive Director Michael Roberts said last week that the union did not agree to the league's pay reduction plan. Mark said that the Nets will continue to pay Irving for road games, and the only salary he'll lose is going to be for home games. Irving hasn't, con- has, hasn't conducted interviews with reporters since Brooklyn's media day, September 27th, but he participated in the Nets training camp, which was held in San Diego, 
and attended but did not play in the, the team's preseason opener against the L.A. Lakers at the Staples Center. Though Irving has been barred from practicing with his teammates at the Nets uh, HSS Training Center in Brooklyn, New York City authorities ruled Friday that the practice facilities was a private office building and thus exempt from the mandate. Irving then joined his teammates from an, for, for an outdoor fan event Saturday and, pre, and at practice Sunday, but he did not travel to Philadelphia for an ex, exhibition against the 76ers on Monday. Irving has yet to take the court for the Nets since he suffered an ankle injury during Game 4 of a second-round series loss to Milwaukee Bucks in last year's playoffs. Mark said the Nets' decision was motivated by a desire to make sure that Irving, who averaged 26.9 points, 4.8 rebounds, and 6 assists last season, was fully ready to play after missing time during the preseason. Per NBA rules, Irving must wait 14 days after receiving his final shot to be deemed fully vaccinated and cleared under the league's health protocols. The Nets will welcome Irving back with open arms if he gets vaccinated, Mark said. Kyrie's made it clear that he has a choice, has a choice in the matter and it's ultimately going to be, be up to him <laughs> what he decides, Mark said. Will there be pushback from Kyrie at his camp? I'm sure this is not a decision that they like. Kyrie loves to play basketball and wants to be out there participating with his teammates. Unlike Bradley Bill of the Washington Wizards, and Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic, Irving hasn't elaborated on his reasons for remaining unvaccinated or publicly confirmed his vaccination status. And unlike the Golden State Warriors' Andrew Wiggins, a vaccine holdout who got the shot last week so he wouldn't miss regular season games, Irving has yet to relent. I am protected by God and so are my people, Irving tweeted cryptically Saturday. <laughs> in, in just his third post on the social media network since media day, we stand together. Irving didn't post on social media or issue a statement in the aftermath of the Nets' announcements. Although the Nets would prefer to have their three stars playing together, they are well positioned to get by in Irving's absence. Brooklyn boasts the NBA's top-ranked offense last season, despite a host of injury issues, and Durant and Harden are former scoring champions who can handle greater offensive responsibilities during the offseason. The Nets added guards Patty Mill wait a minute, can handle greater off offensive responsibilities during the offseason, comma, the Nets added guards Patty Mills and Javon Carter to fill out the deep backcourt. Rookie guard Cam Thomas has also has impressed as a natural scorer during the preseason. Well, ah. I mean, the, the dude has a right to not get the shot. I don't think, um, I mean... I know, like, the, the guy from Orlando, like, eloquently said why he didn't get the, um, why he didn't get it, and his beliefs behind that. Uh, Kyrie um, hasn't said anything, and, I mean, if he don't want to get it, he shouldn't have to, honestly. The one from Orlando, is that the one that said something about antibodies? Yeah. That's that, he, that's that wild churchy dude. Who was uh, who also refused to kneel when everybody else was kneeling? <laughs> so I don't really hold him up as a bastion or an example or whatever. He may he he can you can eloquently speak bullshit. That's that's true. That yeah, happens that, enough. That, yeah, that that's just part of life. <laughs> hmm. So I'm uh I'm I'm good on look, bro. I mean, uh, he can play. He cannot play. Weird choice. That's just, yeah, that's just, to me, uh, that's just helping LeBron get them six rings so he can be better than Jordan. <laughs> that's all it is to me. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I, 
ultimately, at the end of the day, it's his right to make the decision. And if he's willing to forfeit the money, that's, you know, his decision to make. So, yeah. You got a champ. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess he, he, he's already, like, fucking filthy rich. So, like, yeah. at the end of the day, he, he doesn't want for anything. So, if he if he chooses to walk away and just be it, like, that's, you know, that's on him. Correct. So. <clears throat> That dude gave up um, having sex with Kilani. I think he can uh, he can gladly give up um, a lot of money. <laughs> oh shit! How funny! What what an interesting character he has turned out to be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? The the Uncle Drew. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that, man. But uh, I mean, like you know. There, people aren't out are out there not getting the shot, and you know I've been having it here all morning from my buddy who can't taste or smell shit right now. So, <laughs> yeah, I've I found it as an interesting way into the 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 feelings of of a sick COVID patient. Mm. Now, without having like, to actually do it myself. Does he does he have a break? Was he a breakthrough case? Was he vaccinated and got sick? Because that's been happening no, no, enough. He, he was vehemently opposed to getting the needle until absolutely positively had to. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he got it. He got the Rona. How <laughs> interesting. <laughs> uh, which, uh, buddy, if you don't mind saying. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> his mom got it, too, and his mom's vaccinated. He yeah. got it from his mom. Oh, wow. We sure about that? He got it from his mom. He didn't give it to his mom? Okay. No, he, was in, he was in Denver when she got sick. Okay. And he then he got, came... came home and took her to the doctor, and then later in the week, he got sick. Hmm. His Lord. positive test came back within 15 minutes of administration. Oh, did you do a rabbit uh, test? I'm, so, I'm sorry. 60 seconds with, a, with an administration. He had the strong Rona. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. He, he, he was hella sick. Yeah, that is a uh, that is a high viral load. That is that is crazy. Huh. Well, may he may he heal up and be better and so forth and so on. And all you heard was a sword beep. But send sword <laughs> beep some love. He needs it. <sighs> Christ, <laughs> man. I, uh, I I so, I assumed that he was gonna have to get it soon because I saw we got a mandate at work about our insurance premiums going up if you didn't have it. Yeah, and uh, I, I chuckled when I saw that. I was like, "Yeah, that's about right. That is about what." It's the same thing they do for smokers. If you smoke, yeah. and I, I don't know why you'd be telling the truth. Like, yes, I no, I yes, I smoke because whatever. Yeah, but I guess well, like, I I saw Mark Cuban talking to somebody on Twitter about it, about how like um, he had to raise the insurance premiums at work because uh, of the COVID stuff that like the insurance companies have to cover now. Yeah, and then like the people that work for him, if they didn't have the vaccination, they had to pay more insurance. Yeah. Ooh, man. The uh, not that this is a news story, but you know, the the you know vax to school program began in earnest finally. So I, I, I got to sign both my children up for a potential little scholarship windfall for uh, because they are both vaccinated already. So that'd be I dope if they win. It would be dope if they won. So well. We hope, we hope, we hope. Uh, I have uh, some some luck there, and that, that they are they are chosen. One of them, both of them, it's all good. We good either way, baby. 
<laughs> so, but uh, I, <laughs> I'm kind of at a loss for words. I just don't, I don't, I get it. Yes, it is your right to say not. I'm not getting vaccinated. But at the same time, should it be? So I mean, I, I kind of feel like they're pushing a, pushing it just a little bit because, like they said in the article, it's a private business, and they don't have they they really don't have to be pushing the issue like that. I kind of yeah. feel like you know when your wife tell you to bring her flowers, and then it's like. Uh, I was gonna bring you flowers and you till you told me to. <laughs> now that kind of no, I'm not. I'm not bringing you flowers now. That is that is that is. So I know in Kyrie's case, it is just just straight up stubbornness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he might have been cool after a little bit, but now you're like, oh, you gonna tell me I gotta get this shit? Now I'm a man, and God got me, and whoever else got me, and the flat Earth gonna spin me, and so forth and so on. It's like, all right, bro. That's cool. I hear you. <laughs> I don't want to win no more championships because LeBron said this to me. <laughs> exactly. It's like he's already a bitch. And I know that Gabriel doesn't say bitch because he feels like it's disrespectful to women and is anger and, and, and it's based on anger toward women and so forth and so on. But I'm telling I'm, I'm telling you to your face with no regard to women at all. that Kyrie Irving is a bitch. Always has been shall be and shall remain as such. And that has nothing to do with women or anger toward them. Just that Kyrie's a bitch. Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Ant-Man, what's going on in your world? Um, not, not a whole lot of stuff. Um, let me see. I went to Costco today. That was pretty good. And on the way, um, I was thinking, uh, my son wanted to listen to um, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Um, Is there a particular you, rendition of that that he has appreciation for? No. He just likes the story. And, um, I, you know, I played it through my phone on YouTube. And I was thinking, that story is pretty dumb. Um, if, um, so... Papa's shit was either too hot, too hard. It, no, it was too... Uh, yeah, because his bed was too hard, too. So his pores was too hot, his chair was too hot, uh, too hard, and his bed was too hard. Then she said that Mama's pores was too cold, her chair was too soft, and her bed was too soft. But if Mama's in the middle, shouldn't all her shit be perfect? You know, mama's the middle of the family. <laughs> you know, she's not as big as uh, Papa Bear. She's not as small as, as Baby Bear. It just makes sense that everything she do would be right in, the, right in the center. She probably got the perfect amount of porridge because, you know, Baby got a full bowl. Papa got a full bowl. Mama would have just the amount of right of porridge. Uh-oh. Yeah. Just didn't make sense to me. I just thought about that while I was listening to the story. Okay. I mean, I, I, hear I you. mean, the story makes perfect sense to me, though. You know, a a white woman overstepping her bounds and <laughs> letting herself into someone else's territory and trying to run the place. 
So you just trying to tell me her na- her full name was Karen Goldilocks Smith or something? <laughs> Goldilocks, the first Karen. Uh. I mean, think about it. Like, who else would have the audacity to, to call go Cassidy? On to some, to call, the, yeah, to call Cassidy. Yeah. To go to go on someone else's property and try and make demands about their living situation for their own benefit. Yeah. And then had a nerve to like to break shit and then just probably dip out. But in some cases of the story, don't you get <coughs> by the bears? In, in the the good versions, I would hope. <laughs> Goldilocks, those the bear, other those white bears are, the, Those bears are domesticated, but they still will fuck a bitch up. <laughs> and also. Um, while we're talking about entertainment, uh, today, today, actually today, I finished uh, rewatching The Sopranos. And um, did any of you guys watch The Sopranos? Never seen it. I watched The Sopranos off and on because I had cable off and on throughout The Sopranos run. <laughs> I know how The Sopranos ended. Yeah. What was your opinion on that ending? Well, let's first let's talk about the beginning. Um. The first couple seasons was fucking funny. It was a lot. It was a lot of like. It was a lot of com. Not not necessarily like comedy, but a lot of like aha. Like it was really funny. Um, and as the seasons went on, it was less and less funny. Um, I I think this is my third time watching it because the first time, um, I used to watch it on A and E. Like um like on Sunday mornings, like I like before I had HBO, and then like uh like I guess a few years back when I when I got HBO, I watched it on HBO Go. And then right um the movie came out, so um, I wa- before the movie uh, came out I wanted to rewatch the series, so I, I did that, and like I said it was just like, no the. Um, it was a bunch of different funny scenes like the, throughout I'm going to say like the first two seasons I think like after um, they went to go visit Italy that was like the last time that shit was funny and like after that it was just like all serious and all mental health and all murder and never yeah, got like, funny again it, 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 it indeed uh took a you know a more dramatic and serious tone and i think unnecessarily but i mean it's also regarded as one of the greatest shows ever so i mean i guess it did what it what it was gonna do yeah like um i i don't know if it's just my age but like man like some of those deaths hurt this time like like i said this is my third time watching it mm-hmm. and it was just like oh man <laughs> why? Why'd you have to die, Chris? Or like, um, like you know, killing Adriana? Or like all, like I knew all that shit was coming, and it was still like, uh, that don't feel good to watch this. It was, I had to, I, oh yeah, I had to stop a couple <laughs> times. Like I didn't, and I don't think I stopped like the um, like the second time when I watched it. Like, uh, how did Adriana get got? Or why did Adriana get got? Well, uh, yet again, spoilers. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, from the beginning, um, the feds came to her because, like, she was she owned a. Um, her and Chris had bought a club, and like somebody else 
um, had like drugs in the club, and mm-hmm. then like these dudes came in the back and murdered somebody, if I'm not mistaken. And like, um, like they pretty much had like, you know, her meat to the fire, and it was like, well, if you don't tell on Tony Soprano and all this, then we're gonna, um, we're gonna have you just you arrested and take your shit away, and we're gonna get you and Chris. And like for the longest time, like she was just like, um, they no, that's what happened. Second, the first thing that happened is they wanted to get her, so they. Um, had like a, a, a girl pretend to be her friend for like a, a whole year mm. and then uh, that worked for the feds then um, that girl wanted to get out of that assignment so that's when they, um, they when they found out somebody got murdered in her club then um, that's when they really started putting her her to the fire and um the guilt was too much for her because being a rat, a rat in that situation is very intense. Yeah. So, um, she ended up telling, uh, Chris about it. Chris told Tony, which you don't even get to see, like it fully play out until the last season. All you see is, um, her getting murdered by, um, by seal. And, um, I'm sorry, like never going to survive. Let's get a little crazy. Seal. <laughs> Um, uh, no, Seal, uh, the dude from, um, from the, um, uh, Bruce Springsteen's band. The dude with the big bouffant, um, hairpiece. <laughs> and it was funny, like, man, all they, like, you know, like I said, during the first two seasons, it was funny. And all he did, Seal did all the time was like, they take me out, they bring me back in. Like, they always were doing, like, lines from The Godfather. Lines from, um, from different gangster movies. And, like, playing around in, in Bada Bing. Um, and then, like, during, like, the, the, the third season, like, that dude fucking killed somebody. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, like, he was the one who killed Adriana. How did he kill her? I mean, did he just like pop just her or choke her? What? Just shot her. Okay. And and how did, did Chris Chris understood what it was? Yeah, Chris. Uh, like like I said, they don't really. Uh, they show his grief throughout the like the next three three and a half seasons, but okay. then like the last season, they show like he goes to Tony, like crying in the basement. Tony and him already are already on bad terms off and on because of Chris' drug use. And um. Like he goes, they go in the basement, which is always ironic when they always go to the basement and talk, because it was another pivotal scene where the feds had put a um, a um, a wire in the basement inside of a lamp that end up getting uh, taken out of the house on accident. So it's always ironic when people they go to the basement and talk. So um, Chris told everything he knew about um, Adriana telling the feds about them so um you get to see all of it like during the like they wrap up the whole series pretty much in like that last season Mm -hmm. those last couple episodes except for the notorious last scene that um that people hate yeah where it just goes to black don't stop believing in fading the black. 
Yeah. But actually, what's crazy about that is, as I just got finished watching it, you know the uh, that Robert Frost um, poem about um, that they say in Death Proof? No, but go on. Okay. Let, let me uh, let me find the poem. There. While you do this, I'm gonna dip over back over here to Goldilocks right quick. Okay. Goldilocks and the Three Bears, originally titled The Story of Three Bears, is a 19th century British fairy tale for which three versions exist. The original version of the, of the tale tells of a not-so-polite old woman who enters the forest home of three bachelor bears while they were away. She sits in their chairs, eats some of their soup, sits down on their chairs and breaks it, sleeps in one of their beds. When the bears return and discover her, she wakes up, jumps out a window, and is never seen again. The second version replaced the old woman with a little girl named Goldilocks. And the third, and by far the best known version, replaced the original bear trio with Papa Bear, Mom Bear, and Baby Bear, who is not actually an infant, but rather a small cub. What was originally a frightening oral tale became a cozy family story with only a hint of menace. The story has elicited various interpretations and has been adapted to film, opera, and other media. Goldilocks and the Three Bears is one of the most popular fairy tales in the English language. So no, never did someone get ate or et by the bears. <laughs> okay, so that is okay. So uh, it's, I, I knew it was series three, episode two. Anthony and Meadow are talking and they're talking about the, the Robert Frost poem uh, stopping by the woods. And they say in that poem how white represents death but black usually represents death so i'm thinking as i've already watched the series that's why it means tony soprano must have died when it went black yeah everybody always uh that that has always been the interpretation that uh somebody must walk somebody must have walked up and popped tony in the back of the head the, the guy who went to the bathroom yeah so that has always been the interpretation of that ending meaning they just didn't want to show you tony getting murked out but I'm saying like they straight up say it in the third season. Okay, so it's not a Thanksgiving poem. Okay, now let me just stop that. Okay, so cold, endless white, endless nothing. I don't know. Death. I thought black was death. He has miles to go before he sleeps. So I just thought that was like, um, I mean, they knew where they were going from the beginning. Yeah. I guess for the most part. And if not from the beginning, at least, you know, early enough to make you know they, they, they know where they are, you know, weaving in and out of. So, fuck with it. Res respect dudes to the Sopranos. Have you watched uh, the, 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 night, the whatever, the, 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 the movie? The Many Saints of, um, of Newark? Of Newark, yeah. Yeah, I watched it. It was What'd okay. It was okay. They speak, they speak well of how his son acted as, as, uh, as him. So yeah, I think his son was pretty good. Fair, fair enough, Mr. Gandolfini. And uh, what's his name? Um, is is his son a trained actor, or did he just do the movie? I think he, um, he his son is. I don't know if his son is a trained actor, but I think um, it was mo most likely just did the movie because I don't think his son was really anything else. Yeah, Philip Seymour Philip Seymour Hoffman's son is also about to be in a movie of. P.T. Anderson's next movie, Licorice P Pizza. P.T. Anderson still out here doing films? 
Yeah, licorice, licorice pizza. And if you haven't seen the trailer, it uh, it's a fine looking movie with I don't think a single person of color in that trailer at all. Which is pretty funny because I was just thinking in my head that P. C. Anderson still out. Uh, he don't got to do nothing else but um, him and uh, Minnie Rippleton's daughter can just sit back and relax for the rest of their life. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Thomas got that one. And then uh, Wes Anderson has a movie mm-hmm. about to come out, The French the French Dispatch. Yeah, which, uh, that looked interesting. I, I watched IGN's review of that today, and uh, it has me very excited for that movie. Which so, he but, does have a, uh, one person of color in that movie. <laughs> but it's always Jeffrey the same. Wright. It's Jeffrey Wright. It's always, yeah. it's always The Watcher. So he always, they always got my man in them, in them joints. But uh, yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son is in Licorice Pizza, so uh, and is an actor. And I don't know if he if, how how trained he is, but he is indeed an actor. It's, a, it's in that movie. But, but Danny uh, Glover was in the Royal Tannenbaum, so that's the other black person I can think of. <laughs> um, as a as a um, car carrier black uh, man, uh, I think I've seen all of uh, Wes Anderson movies from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, including Bottle Rocket, which isn't that great. A lot of people love that movie, and I don't. I think I borrowed that movie from you, and I was like, "No, nah, I don't fuck with this." So. Yeah, it's 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 um much like um, Reservoir Dogs, a good beginning, but still not that person's <clears throat> best work. Yeah, I like Reservoir Dogs. I don't know if I love Reservoir Dogs. It's no Jackie Brown. It, nah, nothing actually is. Uh, I did. I did not mind Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love that movie. I don't know if I love it. I fuck with it. Um, okay. I, you know what? Compared to all his other movies, um, I'll say, I, I can say the same, but I just got, I, I recently finished that, the book, okay. um, which was also pretty good. Um, I, I, I wish he would do that since, you know, Quentin Tarantino is probably like, uh, you know, about to round out his career. I would uh, appreciate a book for all the movies. Yeah. Does he just break down everything, or you just or or? No, it's it's pretty much like a companion letter to the movie. Hmm. Right on. It fills in yep. different blanks throughout the movie. Uh, what is that? What's what is Elmore Leonard? Right, is uh mm-hmm. who uh wrote who wrote Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown, which was Rum Punch. Rum Punch. I knew. I knew. I knew. And then uh, and uh, and then that connects to Out of Sight. Yes. <laughs> By way of uh, Michael Keaton, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So, the gentleman bank robber. So forth and so on. So yeah, yeah. And we're Leonard. We're talking about we're the old Pope novel uh, guy, you know? Who, uh, From Detroit. Let's see. Square pizza and all. <laughs> well, Daniel, what's uh, what's rolling in your world, man? I got really excited today when I saw Bill Burr's coming to Cleveland next year. To the Q, uh, uh, the the Rocket Mortgage Field Arena. What the fuck is that shit called? Rocket Mortgage Rocket Field Mortgage House. Field House. Uh, Racist shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're supposed to call it the Rock now. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I bet, look, I'm not gonna lie to you. It, it took a very long time for me to not to stop calling the Gund Arena. So I mean, come on, bro. Just give me some years. I'll get there. <laughs> I know. In, in my head, it's the Q. Yeah, so there you go, man. Quality home furniture. 
No, that's the big Q. The big yeah, that's a different Q. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm, quite, I'm quite aware. <laughs> uh, I, I find it amazing that my man is like, no, sir, I do stadium shows. No, stadium we, status. We we don't do clubs any longer. Is and we don't do theaters. We do stadium shows. <laughs> so hey, man, if you can get it, get it. Fuck, why not? Hey, it's it's funny how like Bill Burr is like now the comics comic. He's been going at it for a long time, man. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, I'm glad I'm glad you're a pump for 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 that. Any any other sprinkles of uh, of, of joy? Uh, I mean, we ain't been apart that long, so <laughs> all this happened is I went to the steakhouse on Saturday. My buddy took me out for my birthday. And, which uh, uh, which steakhouse? Timber Lodge. Oh. Where is that located? Uh, in the heart of Trump Country, out in Medina, Ohio. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I know. A lot of flags, a lot of stickers. I saw I saw some Trump 2020 signs and some Drain the Swamp signs. Um, but I also saw a black woman with a white man. However, he was an older white man and she was a younger black woman. And then I also saw a black man with a white woman at the bar. So, like, there was some, like, progression out there. <laughs> <laughs> Was it progression or sugar daddy is uh, sugar daddy issues? <laughs> the, the, the old white man and the black woman felt like sugar daddy ish, um, but like the black dude seemed like he was just on a date with a white woman. So, eh, that, that's that's not a um, that's not rare. I remember. Um, <laughs> don't let the black women hear that. <laughs> From what I've seen on the internet, they don't cotton to that shit. Man, yeah, that the, the internet that's, is. That's 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 a that's black dudes always being mad at black women no matter what. Fuck them. <laughs> I remember. Um, no, that's me seeing black women talking shit about black dudes for not dating black women. I don't really see it as much as people seem to make it out to be a thing. I'm sure it is. I'm sure there are enough, but never really been as much as people make it out to be. I was at um, what's this the steakhouse? Oh, um, not on uh, um, God. It's not the good steakhouse. I was at, I think I was at Outback. Okay. And um, were you thinking like Texas Longhorn? No, it's the one that's um, on, on Rockside, like Ponderosa. Uh, no, down down Rockside, not the um, is but it's over by those cluster of hotels. Is it a chain? Yeah, it got to be Outback because um. It's like a, it's a down right before, like before you get to Seven Hills and stuff. <laughs> I know the area you're talking about. I just, I don't know what's over there. Like I've, I've driven by a handful of times, so I don't have the place memorized. But it's a bunch of hotels over there. And I remember, um, you know, me and my partner have been there a few times. One time we went there, this lady fell hard as hell. Like she was uh, <laughs> walking up to the bar. And she just she, she just ate it on the floor, like boom, and we like we were commenting like man this floor is pretty greasy, like but she should have left right away, <laughs> but anywho <laughs> she stayed in eight, but also that night it was a a black gentleman with a hat on and very long hair, <laughs> surrounded by three or four white women, and I just thought that was pretty uh, <laughs> that was pretty funny. 
Did his hands look very strong? Um, his hands looked very strong, and his pinky nail was very low. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, since what a, what a time. What an interesting time. Oh, my gosh. I was just thankful that I wore a, a polo shirt to the establishment. Because when I, when I was walking up, you know, I saw, like, white dudes and button-ups with, like, khakis and, like, Doc Martin loafer-type shits. And I was like, oh, man, I'm underdressed. I was in, car- I was in cargo shorts, Adidas, track runner shoes, and, like, a black polo. I like that you go in there in, in, in your relaxed vibe and like, what you going to do? Kick me out? Shit, me, my, my buddy who I was with, he was in tennis shoes, cargo shorts, and a black t-shirt. There you go. It was it was like like a band shirt or something. Yeah. Just a, re- just a relaxed vibe and we going to eat good, baby. Uh, how was it? It was okay. I, I, I would never <laughs> go back. <laughs> What'd you yeah, get? Like, uh... So we had like a spinach artichoke appetizer. Uh, then my buddy also got like a tuna appetizer, like an ahi tuna. And then um, I got a 14 ounce prime rib with a big, loaded baked potato. Um, that was it because I couldn't, I didn't have room for dessert. And so you didn't know. take nothing home? No, I did the best I could to jam the prime rib down. I, I, I ordered too much meat, I should have gotten the 10 ounce. Um, and I didn't finish the potato, and then I had to drive a half hour home. <laughs> so you gotta <laughs> driving driving full is a is a is is such a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing about it too was so the whole thing came up because like our one of the local news uh, papers put out like a list of like twenty good steakhouses in the area, and um, I had shared it with like my group chat. And we were talking about the list, and like that place was a place that I've been wanting to go to for a couple of years, because I saw their signs on the freeway one time when I was coming home, and I had googled them, and they had good reviews. So when we were talking about the the list, I was like, "Oh man, I've always wanted to go to that place." And my buddy, I uh, was like, "Oh well, shit, I'll you know while we go out and try it, and I'll I'll pay for, for your dinner as like a birthday gift." I was like, well, "I can't pass that up." And then a couple other people were like, oh, I want to go. I like steak, yada, yada, yada. And then, like, they were uh, the one married couple. They were making prime rib on Sunday for one dude's birthday. Like, I was, I was going over to his house to watch football. And he initially had, like, said he would go to the restaurant. And then, like, two days later, he's just like, hey, do you guys want to go to Hibachi instead? And I was like, no. <laughs> and so, so the – so then him and it, he, he's like, all right, well, we're not coming now. And I was like, all right, well, fine. Do you, boo-boo. And um, they went out, I guess, to dinner, you know, in, instead of coming out for my birthday. And because uh, that's, you know, what an only child does. And um, that's the thing I've come to realize in being friends with this dude is that only children, like people who are only childs, don't have or they lack the ability to like put others ahead of themselves and mm. it's just like if if there's like a choice between two things and say the, the other person really wants to do the one thing they're just gonna say fuck it and do the thing that they want to do regardless of like what the other person wants to do and uh 
So that's just something I've had to learn to deal with with some people. But um, in this instance, we like me and my buddy were finishing up dinner because we were there for like we went, we had to wait like forty five minutes at the bar to get a table, which was funny because when we got seated, there was fucking empty seats everywhere. But we're thinking like part of it was because they're understaffed. Because I when I was looking at the website before we went to look at their menu, they had line cooks and servers listed as hiring. Um, so I figured maybe they were just like underseating the dining hall to try and help out the servers. But yeah. So me and my buddy were there for like almost three hours, and we were finishing up like. The one dude who bailed on us texted my buddy and was like, hey, are you guys still out for dinner? And he's like, oh, we're over here at this other bar uh, if you guys want to come. And I re- like, I was just like, in my mind, I, was, I didn't want to. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm not giving in this time. I'm like, I'm uncomfortably full. I feel like I'm going to have to poop soon. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's like almost 930 at night. I got a half hour drive home. Like, I don't want to go out. So I was just like, nope, going home. I don't care that a handful of you are at the bar hanging out. I really don't want to go. So I was just like, yeah. Came home, I pooped. I laid down, I watched the TV, and I was asleep by midnight. Do you find, uh, on another note, do you find like yourself, like, now that we're older, like being full is different. I remember when I was full, I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to eat this ice cream from Ponderosa Steel. Yeah. I might th- now, now it's like if I get full and I keep eating, I get uncomfortably sick. I got. I had to get up and... It's not even that I ate like hard yesterday, but whatever I, the, the time at which I ate and so forth, I was like, well, I'm uncomfortably full now. Let me... Get, and, and Vanessa was like... Uh, you know, somebody needs to walk the dog, and I'm like, I will go do that. So I just got up and did my my, my, my neighborhood lap, and and I felt much better afterwards. <laughs> so, yeah. Part of, part of the thing too is now when I eat, I generally have to poop within like 45 minutes after. It's like something new comes in, and then the old stuff is like, all right, time for us to exit. Because I I started trying probiotics a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Man, that really does make your poops more regular and, and more squishy. Yeah, as I have to, uh, tomorrow is all is, is, is poop day for me. You know what I'm saying? Pre, pre uh, colonoscopy poop day, as we discussed uh, last week. Uh, yeah, did you get, did, what did you eat special today? Uh, nothing really. I didn't care. It's not that deep. Uh, so the only, so basically I was supposed to, poop day, all this poop stuff was actually supposed to happen the day of the procedure. Then I'm in my mind chart then I found out the procedure is at 6 a.m., meaning it cannot possibly be at the day of the procedure. It has to be the day before. So I happen to have my... Be, uh, you got to be clean before you go in there or they won't do it. Correct. So let's, uh, let's go through uh, one day before your colonoscopy. Only drink clear liquids the entire day before your colonoscopy. Do not eat any solid foods. Drink at least eight ounces of clear liquids every hour after waking up. The clear liquids can include, and they have a list of things that they cool with. Kool-Aid, what I'm supposed to be rum, do- vodka. No, so I if do. you can't eat solid foods, what the fuck you eat? Applesauce? Oh, wow. oh, oh, so okay. Here's what I can have. I'll just lay it out for you. Gatorade, Pedialyte, Powerade, Clear Broth, or Bouillon. 
coffee or tea, no milk or non-dairy creamer, carbonated and, and non-carbonated soft drinks, Kool-Aid or other fruit-flavored drinks, strained fruit juices, no pulp in parentheses, Jello, <laughs> popsicles, hard candy, or water. <laughs> so you're essentially on a 36-hour fast. So here, let me lay this out for you. This is the, the bowel preparation. One half bottle of Miralax, 119 grams, in each 32 ounce, ounces of Gatorade bottle until dissolved. Now you hear that. I'm going to read it to you again, and you tell me what you think is they're telling me. Mix one half bottle of Miralax, 119 grams, in each 32 ounces of Gatorade bottle until dissolved. Is that 119 grams of Miralax in each bottle, or 119 grams spread over two bottles? I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I don't know. Mix one half bottle of Miralax, 119 grams, in each 32 ounces of Gatorade bottle until dissolved. Hmm. I don't know. Neither do I. We'll have to figure that out. Here's how this works. 5 p.m., the evening before my colonoscopy. So basically, this is supposed to start tomorrow at 5. So all day tomorrow, just water, whatever. Part one, 5 p.m., evening before your colonoscopy. Take four Dolcolex tablets. Hmm. 6 p.m., eating before your colonoscopy. Drink 32 ounces of the mixed solution. Drink an eight-ounce glass of bowel preparation every 15 minutes for a total of four glasses. 15 minutes, after, 15 minutes later, drink an eight-ounce glass of clear liquids every 15 minutes for a total of two glasses. You may continue to drink clear liquids until midnight. Boom. On the day of your colonoscopy, you may drink clear liquids for up to three hours prior to the procedure. Four hours before your colonoscopy. So that would be, again, my colonoscopy is now scheduled at 6 a.m. So that would be, what is that? Two in the morning? Take another 32-ounce bottle of mixed solution. Drink an eight-ounce glass of bowel prep every 15 minutes for a total of four glasses. 15 minutes later, drink an eight-ounce glass of clear liquids every 15 minutes for a total of two glasses. You may continue to drink clear liquids up to three hours before your exam. So I am of the, of the opinion, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, that because it is, it is 6 a.m. on Thursday morning when I'm supposed to be doing this, that tomorrow throughout the day is when I should probably be doing this, this prep situation, correct? I believe so. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the way yeah. I thought. All right. So tomorrow is poop day here at, uh, in my home. So I will be working from my basement space next to my toilet. Now you're saying, T, who cares, man? We all good. Here's the problem. I'm going to point this camera at this corner. Let's see if you guys can see. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I can get the camera to look at it. Oh, you can't see. It's just the It's so scary. <laughs> so today, um, they came to work on my toilet. No matter what for the years I've lived in this house after after it's repaired after a while it'll just start rocking again as it turns out it's because the floor in my bathroom is 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 uh, it's basically unlevel in a way that makes the toilet just basically at some point eventually just start like I'm gonna just lean I'm gonna start rocking back and forth and then eventually it just starts leaking underneath so they had to come and do some repairs in my house today so eventually what ended up happening is they, they said the flange that the toilet sits on was too high or too low? I can't recall. 
And that's why the toilet always ends up rocking. So toilet is down up, upstairs toilet is down until 12 o'clock tomorrow because the repairs are made. And he's like, don't use this motherfucker until 12 o'clock tomorrow. So we're down to one toilet in this house on T's poop day. <laughs> I mean, w- would it be a terrible idea to invest in a hotel for one night? Yeah, we'll be fine. Like I said, legit, I- I'm, not, I'm not tripping off of it. Uh, the kids, will, no, well, actually, the kids don't even have school tomorrow. So that 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 actually is kind of a, it, it. It both helps and harms. If it, you know, saying in their mind, they probably gonna be like, I want to go to the bathroom, but also. Why don't they have school tomorrow? Uh, P P P S P S A T S P S A T S tomorrow for the sophomores, of which ni- they are neither, so they have mm-hmm. no school tomorrow. Only only the test takers have to go to school tomorrow. What kind of shit is that? That is that is at a school and parenting that, in twenty twenty. And that's the so. kind of day it's gonna be tomorrow. <laughs> what kind of shit is that? <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I'll get the party started. Like I said, I'll start on just my clear liquids. Uh, it's, uh, it, I mean, actually, that's, it, that's, I think that's exactly what I'm going to It shouldn't be too bad if you're saying your toilet's only out of commission until noon. Exactly. So I think tomorrow morning, I'll just do clear liquids until about noon. And that is when I will start the poop uh, prep. You know what I'm saying? The bowel prep, as it's described. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's X amount of hours later is when I got to do it again. Right, we should be fine. Everything should 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 work itself literally work itself out just ducky. So it'll it, it'll be fine. I'll tell you guys how the the experience goes, and I'll share with you the listener how uh, having a colonoscopy uh, works for me and, and in general and so forth. So that's what's up. I know you hear that. That's Anthony combing his beard. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> It's a very relaxing vibe. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, hmm, chilling. So, uh, yeah, that's what's going on in T's world, which is this now two weeks you've heard about it, and they're actually going to end up hearing about it in a third week when I tell you all about how it went. Suck it up. It's my show. I can talk about my ass on it. It's the best part I have in it. Tell me <laughs> how my ass tastes. Tell me how my ass tastes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um... Let's see. By the time you hear this show, it will have been the Podfather's birthday. So you make it a point to wish him happy birthday. Uh, I don't think anything else in that regard needs to be t- t- ticked off the list here. So that's what's going on there. Uh, yesterday, I found out that to basically have the ability to buy any of the new consoles, many a store, at least two stores. And that's two, that's two stores out of basically the four you would normally buy a console from have services and programs that say you have to be a member of this club to be able to just buy some shit. And I don't think I like that part of uh, capitalism right now, where it's basically this like, I mean, basically, you got to pay me to be able to buy the shit you want. And I'm like, oh, so we've reached that stage of this. And I ain't happy about it. So basically, uh, PlayStation 5 went on sale yesterday, but you had to have have a $200 tech membership to Best Buy to have the option to buy it. The Halo Xboxes went on sale yesterday. No, today. But you have to be a Pro Rewards member at GameStop to be able to buy that. Oddly enough, I just re-upped my, my GameStop Pro membership uh, when I got my Switch the other day. So, I am a Pro member at GameStop, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think like- it's 
I like I told you. I think it's just their their uh, rough draft idea of trying to combat bots. Because if each bot needed a two hundred dollar membership to try and buy a system, I think that would cut down on the the bots that are trying to get in. But yeah. then the upcharge on the the consumer sucks. It's like the downfall of you know the the whole robot thing. Yeah. Well, I guess. I know that PlayStation fives are still going on eBay for about a, a grand. It's just the the going prices seems seems to be nine ninety nine, nine ninety five, nine ninety nine. So paying what is essentially seven ninety nine, you know, if including the price of the membership, is cheaper than a reseller, but still some fuck shit when it all comes down to it, you know? Because mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't even know what that two hundred dollars covers in the realm of uh, tech repairs and all that good shit. So. You'd probably be better off with the GameStop deal. But then they only sell shit in bundles. So they also, you know, are trying to get over on you by making you buy games that you may not want and controllers that may not be what you fuck with either. So that's originally how I got my Xbox was through that bundle. Yeah. But that but I felt that was a, I felt like it was a good bundle by you because it gave you everything you needed. You even got the they threw in the uh the yeah, extra I, hard drive for that bitch, right? I well that's why I picked that one. It came with an extra controller, which I don't really need, but, you know, it's a controller. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, like, at some point I might need it because, you know, I've been playing Call of Duty, so controllers yeah. wear down over time. Uh, but, yeah, I, I specifically, because they had multiple different bundles, so I picked that one because it came with, like, what I felt was necessary pieces. Yeah, yeah. So, I fuck with that in that regard. That that is a sense, that, that was a sensible bundle that you bought, but sometimes the bundles is, like, the worst game you can imagine, a third-party controller, and you know a subscription to Game Informer, which is a good magazine, but also maybe you don't want that subscription to Game Informer, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't kind of like I don't fuck As with someone those files. who had someone who has had a Game Informer subscription. I do not wish to have a Game Informer subscription. <laughs> 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 For so so that's 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 what's been popping in the realm of a. Uh, at least trying to buy video video game hardware. Uh, I I I got uh, I got the new Switch relatively. Well, actually, I, I went and got I pre because I pre ordered the new Switch on the day pre orders were available. I was the first one in the store. They even told me as much. Hey, you're the first one to pre order this, and I'm like, cool, thank you. That that thank you. I guess that's good for you. That that way you've knocked off a pre order off your uh, your daily task uh, at GameStop. So I got that one pretty easily. Uh. I don't know, man. I just I I, I hate that it, it has become such a struggle to be able to to acquire things, but also at the same time, it's just like it's what it is, man. You know what I'm saying? Boxy, you know what I'm saying? Oftentimes, you know, when, when trying to find uh, certain uh, bourbons and stuff, it, it is a challenge and so forth. It's just what it is to be a consumer in this age. It's always going to be somebody who is trying to get in there and, and some reseller trying to get in there and beat you to the punch and then try to sub it to you at a markup. And I'm just the type of dude who just, I don't pay markups. I, I, every now and again, I will pay the gold price. I will pay the gold for like uh, records on record store day. It's, it's something I think I've talked about before on the show. And that's usually because the price that they're selling it for on eBay, usually the day of, is never so difficult for me to swallow. You know, they're not trying to double up what they make. They usually are just charging basically uh shipping and basically what i would call a finder's fee you know what i'm saying 10 to 15 bucks and i'm like mm, i can deal with that you had to go stand in line or come up on a connect who got you the record 
you know, faster than I can get to it. And it does cost money to ship in this in this country at this point in time. So I, I understand that. So I, I, I can I can eat the cost in those situations because I don't find it to be egregious. But like I said, trying to sell a seven, a, five, a six hundred, well, whatever. How much does PlayStation cost? Five hundred dollars system for a thousand dollars. It's just uncool to me. Man. It's uncouth at, at as well. It's just like no, no, man. But I, I get it. If people are gonna pay the price, because you know that's how capitalism works. It's only gonna bear as much as it can, and apparently it can bear that thousand dollar cost for a PlayStation Five for some, for many. If you go look at eBay sales, so. That's wild for me. You been playing anything? Y'all been playing anything besides Call? You been playing Call of Duty, of course. But anything? Uh, it's it's getting near of uh, new Call of Duty time. Well, so, I haven't actually played Call of Duty uh, in a week and a half now. Okay. Um, I was busy all weekend, and uh, I went to bed early last night. I've been going to bed earlier right now. Like we're actually past my bedtime right now. So. <laughs> um, uh, I yeah I haven't played like almost a week and a half now and so just mobile games but yes there is the new Call of Duty coming out in a couple weeks yeah yeah so it's uh let's see what is it it's uh so basically the end of the year wraps up with new Call of Duty uh of course the new Halo which is, doesn't come out till December but and also in between there the new Battlefield which had been getting a lot of shit for its last for its last beta because people were just bitching about Things they bitch about, I guess, in Battlefield games. Not a game I really have played too much of, so I don't, I can't speak to it. But lots of people were like, I don't like the way this works and that works in this situation. So I'm like, oh. fair enough, sir. I am still working on Deathloop. Uh, I love that game, so I don't mind that I'm still working on Deathloop. But I kind of want to wrap up Deathloop this weekend because my copy of, uh, of uh, the new Metroid, Metroid is supposed to arrive Friday. And I really want to jump on that shit and get my Metroid popping. And uh, it's a lot of games on Game Pass right now. The uh, the Back for Blood is on Game Pass. It just came out today. And uh, if you played Left for Dead back in the day, the same guys made it. Uh, Turtle Rock Studios made this game, and uh, it's basically it's basically Left for Dead three in in everything but name only. So if you fuck with that, that's available to, and if, and if you have Game Pass, it's available to you right now as a part of your subscription to Game Pass. And, um, uh... I'm, I'm looking forward to, I don't know if I'll be able to play it, but, um, they remat, they're remastering the, um, Grand Theft Auto games. Yeah, yeah, three, the, 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 they call it the trilogy, it's, uh, uh, Vice City, San Andreas, and... Vice City. I said Vice City. Vice City, San Andreas, and what's the other one? I think it's just uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I never I never played any of those games. Those games were PlayStation 2 games in, in my mail, even though they did what they did come out on Xbox uh, at some point. But they were PlayStation games, and I just never fucked with them, so I wouldn't mind uh, playing around. They're going to be available on, like, basically everything. So uh, Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox one xbox series x and s you know saying pc so their bitch is gonna be everywhere and 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 thusly you are free to give them a go i would not mind if they put the switch game on a cartridge because sometimes they'll put games on the switch and they'll be like all right we'll just digital it's digital only and so then i'm like well i'm not i'm not i, I, I like i like owning physical physical games so if they put that on a cartridge i might cop it but if not 
I'll probably end up fucking around with it on Xbox and just keeping it keeping it moving. At least seeing what the review is, you know. Um, what else? Have I been playing anything else? I've been fucking around with the new Switch, but I had not really been going hard on it. I think I'm going to buy Tetris Effect on it. Even though I own Tetris Effect on PlayStation, it's available on Game Pass on Xbox. But I uh, I super dig that game. I don't know if I've ever played Tetris Effect or if y'all are. Are y'all even Tetris heads? Oh, yeah. Remember I said... I was, oh, yeah. You played Tetris Blitz like a motherfucker. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. It is still it is still brought up uh, brought up in my house from time to time, not like me. <laughs> well, Tetris Effect is uh, made by the same people who made a game called Res, uh, and it's a it's a really beautiful version of Tetris. And as you drop pieces, it kind of plays music to your drop pieces, so you kind of make music as you play Tetris. But it's absolutely just gorgeous and. Uh, they have a version that they just released this past Friday for the Switch, which is it doesn't run as nice as it does on uh, the Pro and the X hardware on the Xbox side of things and, of course, the newer systems. But it does run really nice and it still seems to look nice. And I'm like, I would not mind having that particular game available to me portably because it's a really nice game. But in this case, I, I, it's one of those situations where I think it's only available digitally. And I just told you, I like having cartridges. And so I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they end up doing a, a cartridge release of that. Oftentimes, uh, Switch games get released uh, by third-party vendors, like limited-run games, where they'll do a nice, fancy version of a game. Or uh, there's some kind of English outfit that also does like small batch runs of Switch games. And so uh, I, I think that'll be... that If they do a nice uh, version of a Texas Effect for a Switch... I would cop that from uh, from Limited Run or whomever or Eight Bit. Uh, Who is it? Uh, is it Eight Bit? I don't know who the fuck it is, but it's some company. Like I said, it's a couple of companies that do this limited uh, limited uh, releases of Switch games where they just basically make you know they make X amount of copies and that's it. And and so I own uh, several Limited Run versions of games that that are here already, and I have two more that are actually on the way. Uh, there's a a Castlevania collection that I bought the physical version of, and I bought. Uh, Scott Pilgrim version. I bought the nicest version of Scott Pilgrim that they they released. The bundle, the, the nicest bundle they released, because I I loved that game on uh, Xbox 360 when it was on uh, Xbox Arcade back in the day. And so when they announced that it was coming back to to systems and that the physical version would have a real high end release on the Switch, I, I put I put I put it down on the the nicest version of that game. So it comes with a a roadie case and a stage and records and stickers and and the game of course and a steel book and so forth and so on so it's a very nice package that unfortunately like choppy bought just the game and got it forever ago probably like the beginning of the summer but i bought the fancy version that comes with all the other bells and whistles and i won't have that shit until like christmas so this is the what comes with uh sometimes being the you know being a little fancy pants <laughs> it's you gotta wait a little longer but that's what's popping in the realm of video games with us right now. And uh, you know what time it is, man. You're going to just hot step it over to Reddit. Ah, suck it up and find out who this week is or is not the asshole. As I told these fellas earlier, I was not. I am not greatly happy with the selection of the assholes this week. And in fact, I think I got a few in a folder just in case. So we might be able to jump to the folder if none of these is uh, scratching the itch for y'all. But these are what I pulled 
and let's see how they roll. Am I the asshole for sabotaging my stepsister's chances of getting married by refusing to go to a dinner with her boyfriend's family? <laughs> I feel like that might end up being fake or based on some story or something. That shit is involved. So <laughs> it, it sounds like an episode of Three's Company. Am I the asshole for refusing to give my late son's child money if his stepdad adopts him? I'm going to walk you through that one again. Like I said, am I the asshole for refusing to give my late son's child money, basically their grandchild, if his stepdad adopts him? So It's weird. That's weird to me. That's why I was like, that one's weird to me. Am I the asshole for saying no blended family Christmas? I mean, like, married dude, like, like, say they had a son that marries a woman, no, like, the woman's family can't come, or do you mean, like, no blacks, no whites allowed, or something like that? <laughs> what, what do you mean by blended Christmas? Not, I, not I at this water fountain. I, I, I think it means no, no step uh, families, siblings, or otherwise. But we can we can delve into that as necessary. Am I the asshole for not letting my friend borrow a twenty five hundred dollar piece of equipment? No, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm not even gonna bother with that one. I'm closing that one. I'm, I'm I'm not happy with that question. No, you're not an asshole. It's weird. <laughs> uh, last one. Am I the asshole for telling my husband's coworkers the truth about why he's always late for work? Did Gabe's wife write this? <laughs> <laughs> So those are the am I the assholes that I pulled. Like I said, none of them really seem like you know. None of them is, have the have had the heat of the last two weeks. Which one did you like the best, lunch? <sighs> this is pick one. I would say the the one about sister not getting married was the most controversial sounding. <laughs> All right, am I the asshole for? sabotaging my stepsister's chance of getting married by refusing to go to dinner with her boyfriend's family. In my culture, mm, see, there you go. People see marriage as something between both families and not just between the couple. So if your boyfriend's parents don't think your family are acceptable, well, good luck getting married. My stepsister has been having this issue with her boyfriend for over a year because his family are family friends on her mother's side and they don't think her mother is a good person and they don't like that she comes from a broken home. Oh. She's desperate to marry him so our parents, stepdad and my mom, have come to Canada to meet them and try to convince them to see my stepsister isn't a bad person and everyone in our family aren't all like her mother. Wait, is this a Canadian thing or am I to assume that because this is in Canada... That means this is an Indian thing. They just said my culture, and I don't know. Uh, so we'll go. We'll keep going. I've been living in the United States for the past two years, and I haven't been able to see my parents because they're both from the UK, and they and they and there were travel restrictions. My in-laws own an apartment in Canada. My in-laws, okay. So my husband suggested my parents stay there during the trip. And that we could also visit them at the same time. Okay. Okay. Now, 
My parents and stepsister want me and my husband to come with them to meet her boyfriend's parents because apparently she's been bragging to them about my husband and his family and now they really want to meet him. I said no because I feel like she should have asked us before she started using my husband as a means to win them over. And I feel like this has nothing to do with him so they shouldn't even have dragged him into it. My stepsister has been... has had My stepsister has... I'm just going to read it as it is. My stepsister has begging me to reconsider saying things like I would do it for you for I would do it for my bio sister. True. And I was just being selfish since it's one dinner. My stepdad is mad at me for refusing to since I know how important them making a good impression on his family is. They basically imply that if I continue to refuse, they'll ask my husband directly, which would just put him on the spot. Am I the asshole? Mm. I'm going to say yeah, because this seems like a really, like, small request. It's one fucking dinner. Like, how hard can this be? Like, if, if you know this means that much to her, you you can't inconvenience yourself for two hours? Well, she's just not inconveniencing her. She's inconveniencing her and her husband. And it's like... If somebody don't feel comfortable with something, just leave that shit alone. Don't be telling somebody I'm going to do something before you even check with me, too. Let's see. I'm trying to find some... Uh... Oh, actually, the OP is here. It was very involved here in the post, so let's just read some, some comments. Info. I understand she's working with within archaic rules she didn't write, but I'm not clear why you aren't willing to go since she thinks it would really help. Do you think your husband wouldn't be willing to do so? Do you just not like the idea they would like her like her more because of how well your husband reflects on the family? Question. And the OP responds, I don't want to go because I don't like her. I'm only polite to her for the sake of our parents. My husband would do it if I asked him to. I don't like the fact that she was using my husband to make herself look good and then making promises that they that they would meet without asking one of us before she did it. I find it weird because my husband has nothing to do with her, so bragging about him to win brownie points is just weird. See, and that's a piece of information that was left out of the original post. I didn't know she didn't like her sister. I thought that she was just being unreasonable. Uh, let's see. I think the verdict here really depends on why you don't like her. Has she behaved badly towards you or toward people you care about? Are there solid reasons for you to dislike her? Because if, she, if, say, she has a history of expecting you to step in to save her or acting entitled and demanding people do her favors, then I think you're not the asshole. However, if you just dislike her because she rubs you the wrong way and the request from her is unusual, well, I would cut her some slack and other people would probably say you're the asshole. I think that the way she approached this is wrong enough that she is the asshole no matter what, but she's an understandable asshole. If she makes sense, if that makes sense. She shouldn't force other people to perform in whatever fantasy she's projecting, but she is under an immense amount of stress because her entire future is literally on the line. She and her boyfriend want to marry, but can't. Of course, she's going to be trying absolutely everything she can think of. Yes, she should have asked you first. Should should have made sure you and her husband are OK with that. But she is seeing the future she wants crumble around her. I can't blame her for getting desperate and making a mistake. It's a nice written thing. The OP, of course, then responds. 
I think the verdict here really depends on why you don't like her. Oh, oh okay. she, she, I think she's writing that to respond. She was horrible to live with growing up. She mm. wasn't happy that her dad remarried, and she made sure we all knew it by bullying everyone. She only got a little better a year before she moved to Canada four years ago, and that was only because her mom kicked her out. Uh, they could get married if, they, if he grew some balls and told his family... <laughs> <laughs> he was going to marry her regardless of what they thought. The only thing stopping them from getting married is him. Is this the OP responding to the questions the other guy just asked? And uh I mean you just it, it's not him growing some balls as you just said people in your culture see marriage as something between both families. So you know it's not him having balls. It's a cultural thing. So that's actually some bullshit and that is where this person in my opinion just became the asshole. It's bullshit and uncool. It's like, bro, just go to dinner. It's dinner. It's not, it's not, it's not asking much of you. <laughs> and you're probably eating on somebody else's dime. It's free dinner at that. Free dinner in Canada, which I know could be bad if you go to the Swiss chalet, but could be really good if you go somewhere else. Anywhere oh, else. Just so anywhere else. <laughs> terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. If you're a Canadian and you listen to this show and you fuck with Swiss Chalet, like you go hard up for Swiss Chalet, I'd like to know why. You okay? Oh, yeah. I was moving the desk and it got caught on something. Uh, all right. That baby was like, whoa, whoa. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to do you one more because I need to know what's going on with this Emma the asshole for refusing to give my late son's child money if his stepdad adopts him. What? My late son died in a car accident a few years ago. He had been dating a girl for a few months. I found out at the funeral she was about 13 weeks pregnant. Oh, my God. Mm. They were both 22. This is a show. Well, I politely asked for a DNA test, and using my family's DNA, I found out I did indeed have a grandson. Dave Jr., let's call him. So anyway, I decided, along with my husband, to help, help the girl, Lisa, out. Lisa in quotes, so I don't think that's their real name. We are comfortable financially and decided to pay her monthly child support equal to what my son would have paid according to our state formula. If he made 30K a year, we're using our own money, some of which we in indeed set aside for Dave Sr.'s graduate schooling, but still our money. My son had very few of his own assets, so no estate. We, of course, buy gifts, outings, etc., like all our other grandkids. Well, Lisa married a guy this summer. We'll call him Alan. Seems nice, and I'm happy for her. So anyway, Alan and Lisa come over this weekend and want to talk. Apparently, the plan for is for Alan to adopt Dave Jr. and they're going and and they are moving out of state. Oh, and can we change his name on the accounts we have once this is legal? And they will send us pictures, and we can see little Dave sometimes, but are not to mention our son. Uh, mention our son until he is old enough. I told them I'm not paying them child support since Alan wants to be his dad so bad that he wants to erase my son. He can pay, and there are no accounts. I'm not going to. I'm not, and I'm not playing games and pretending to be a family friend or whatever this plan is. I also told them to fuck off and get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lisa and Alan sure think I'm the asshole. My husband's on my side. My daughter's torn. And my youngest son hasn't said anything except, I can't believe you said fuck. 
I don't swear much unless I'm mad. Now her family is calling me and Alan's mother is trying to get me to have a sit down. So Reddit, am I the asshole? ETA to answer what seems to be a common question. Yes, my state has grandparents' rights that apply. Hmm. I don't know if I want to call her an asshole, but she aggressive as fuck. I kind of, I kind of am on her side. I, I am on her side in that they talking about uh, we gonna change this kid's name to Alan Junior. Uh, and pretend that uh, he's the, he's been the dad this whole time, even though you have been helping out and helping raise this child, and financially, uh, financially, and as also just you know being in this child's life, and then telling you to pretend that you ain't that kid's uh, grandparents. That's fucked up. So no, not the asshole. Mm, yeah, not the asshole. It's yeah, fucked I up. Agree. Yeah, that's real fucked up. That's real fucked up if somebody would uh, even uh, approach you on that bullshit. Hey, uh, you don't mind if we change this kid's name from your son's yeah. name <laughs> to some other name and uh, keep taking your money toward this baby. And But but we're going to pretend while we take your money that uh, you not you don't exist and your son never existed. What's fucked up is that my buddy is kind of goes through this in reality with his daughter. Yeah. His daughter doesn't know that he's her dad, and she's uh, technically adopted by her stepdad, and they live out of state. And he sends some money, like to the mom, to help take care of her. Man, poor sword beep, just caught out here in the bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Asshole. Uh, let's. I don't. I don't if I can find anybody who says that. Uh, ooh, we got a big old glow in the dark one. Oh, this has uh, two and twenty-two more awards. What a weird way of stating that. That okay. I have a different take. I am not a brave person online, but I so far haven't seen this represented. So I will risk the down votes to put it out here. I also lost a son. And I'm sorry that I can say my chest literally hurt reading this to come to, to reading this to come to your home after all the support you have shown her and then to ask complete ask to completely erase your son and you from this boy's life. But still pay is so breathtakingly cruel and hurtful to your grandson. No one who is mentally healthy obstructs more loving people from their child's life. And I agree that Alan's mother doesn't have actual relevance in this dispute. She may, again, may realize the error and may want to try to salvage the situation. Sometimes a person a bit more removed from the situation can be helpful. Please, if you read this OP, sit down with his mother. Hear what she has to say. If it is a repeat where you are totally cut off but expected to pay, hold your ground. But, there are, but if there is any way at all to salvage a connection with this boy, it is worth more than any amount of money and putting up with the assholery of his mother and her husband. The OP has a miracle gift in this boy. One I would give every single penny I have on this earth to even have a chance at having. Please do not throw it away without making every effort first. The anger is just is the, the anger is just and so understandable, but truly I hope it can be swallowed for a moment to see it. There is anything that can be done. I do not know how successful you will be because she is a piece of work, 
but I would try to hang on to every single moment, connection, and second to have a part of my beautiful son that survived. And if this doesn't, if that doesn't work, she has grandparents' rights in her state. And if they refuse, put all that money into the best lawyer you can get and force it. Not ideal, but I would do anything on this earth to try and keep this child in your life. Hopefully it can be with mutual cooperation. I truly understand all of you who are saying, hell no, if my child hadn't died, hadn't died, I would be right there with you. And I don't speak for all grieving parents. I only speak for me. I hope I haven't offended anyone. I just, even with all this awful she is facing, I would give anything to be in her shoes right now. Oh, Christ. <sighs> well, there you go. A, a cooler head hopefully prevailed in that matter. And a conversation was, is, can be had and Ellen and uh, what did, what's she called her? Lisa? Lisa. Can uh, understand how fucking dumb that is. <laughs> to be like, oh, I'm going a, I'm to a take, take this kid, but I would like the dough, please. Thank you. But that was it. Just gave you a show. That's how we do it every week and uh, we're pretty good at what we do. Uh, we have a, a dope Patreon show going right now, and it's not just a Patreon show. It premieres on Patreon, and you, the listener, gets it a week later. And that is uh, Stay Scratch Your Milk presents Creme Patissier. It's a British Bake Off uh, recap show. Uh, Anthony and I uh, started it, and uh, we invited Nick Jew on the episode. Nick was like, I'm down to do this every week. And so now Nick Jew's on the show. How sick is that? I think it's pretty dope, actually. So... So we have that show. It comes out uh, uh, Tuesdays for both patrons and uh, you, the regular you regular listeners. But you will have an episode that is one week behind, and uh, patrons get that show one week early, and uh, so they're a little more up to date. So <sighs> the Bread Week episode is currently available to uh, patrons everywhere, and you'll get it. Well, by the time you hear this, Bread Week will be up for you. But Dessert Week is what the patrons will be listening to. And you could be listening to if you got down with our Patreon. So I'm just saying. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, and share the show wherever possible. Subscribe to our Twitch channel and follow us over on Twitter. Of course, if you want to support the show financially and have a few bucks to toss away, join us over on Patreon. We're members of the $5 and above tier. Get extra content each month and early access to new shows. Just like Stay Scratch Your Milk presents Creme Patissier. We also have merch available over at tpublic.com slash user slash stage crunchy and milk all one word. They have sales all the time. You never will have to go in there. Rarely will have to go in there and pay full price. You go check and be like, ah, that's too much. Eh, wait a week. Shit, wait a day in some situations and uh, that price will change because, like I said, sales happen. I think I'm going to uh, go for, for one of those $21 t-shirts next time and see how they, I, how they feel. Pay pay for the, the silkiest of joints. Um mm -hmm. Feel free. Give us a call. 216-3028-763. That's 216-3028-POD. We would certainly love to hear from you. And hey, if you care, if you want to do it old school, shoot us an email. That's the podcast at stayscrunchyandmilk.com. I'm going to check the email right now to see if anything has popped up just in case. All right. Nothing, nothing, nothing uh, to us this week. But hey, it's there if you need it. It's just it's just business shit in there right currently right now. So <laughs> various uh, things of, of of running this uh, operation. So uh, that is Tatum two and six. Yes, the anti vaxxer <laughs> who got all the shots. 
It's <laughs> Lunchbox 2099. The Flat Earther. <laughs> Who still likes to play with a globe? <laughs> Reminds me of boobies. Just spinning. Just spinning. You know what I'm saying? They out here, they spinning. Uh, our missing man is the real ODP. Again, uh, by the time you hear this, his uh, his birthday will have come around, so send him some birthday love. In fact, let's do a quick double check. This comes out, yes, this comes out three days after his birthday. So send him some birthday love and uh, uh, tell him we sent you to, 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 to do just as just as much. Uh, I am the Internet's Terror 713. You've just been podcasting and I know you loved it. Peace. Good night. Bye.